That's not good. Oh, God. All right, welcome. Our first second-time guest, Matthew. First second guest. Happy to be back. Second guest for the, for the second time. time. Yeah, back back for the first time. Back for the first I time. I suppose that, that is means I was the first person to be second. Yeah. That's a an accomplishment right there. It is. It's noteworthy. Um, we don't have many noteworthy things happen here, so what (laughs) (laughs) sounds like there's some dissent i'm special every moment of my life is noteworthy Hmm. that is just blatantly false but okay (laughs) they'll write stories about me someday about when you sleep (laughs) maybe Do do you have dreams grant as in like do you typically have dreams that you remember not that much. Okay. But I've had times when I've like had lots of dreams. Hmm. Matt? Um, recently I have I think been dreaming hmm. a bit more. It's it kinda it kinda comes and goes, I think. That's fair, yeah. I I definitely feel the same. Mm-hmm. It's it's kinda I mean, I don't know. All all of sleeping it always feels the same as kinda like when you get a cold or something. Like, when you have a good long period of time of sleeping well, it's completely unremarkable until you suddenly, out of nowhere, have a streak of really bad sleep, and it just is weird how that happened. It's the same thing with, like, uh, you kind of forget what it's like to have a stuffy nose, and then you get a stuffy nose, and and within 30 seconds you forget what the world was like without having a stuffy nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. Have you guys ever, like consistently gotten really like vivid dreams or anything like consistently the same dream or what no just like for a period of time had really vivid dreams i'm asking because like i was taking anti-malarial medication one time and like for whatever reason maybe it was not related to that medication but it gave me like i got crazy vivid dreams the entire time i was taking it (laughs) and it was super weird because i'd gone from like never dreaming, never remembering my dreams for like almost years at this point. And then like transitioning straight to now I'm having super vivid dreams that I'm remembering very, like in a very high level of detail. And it was just like a weird transition. Um, That medication was was laced with something. Maybe. Who knows? It was a good time. Nasty pharmacist. (laughs) I don't think I could classify any dreams that I have remembered as more or less vivid than any other dreams that I've remembered. Yeah, there there are a few that I had when I was younger that really stuck with me. There's definitely one that I thought was real, like that had actually occurred and it wasn't a dream. I probably Mm -hmm. thought that for at least five years. Yeah. Until I was finally old enough to realize... uh, that it didn't really make any sense because, you know, dream logic. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I convinced myself for a while. Mm-hmm. Someone incepted you. Yes. Is it bad that I've never seen that movie? Mm, uh, I saw it for the first time a couple months ago. So okay. I'll, I'll judge no. Okay. 
As long as Mark judges now, I think I'm good. <laughs> All right, More then I won't, pass, I won't pass judgment. <laughs> no, I want your judgment because I want evidence that you're wrong. <laughs> uh, Against... I think it is available on the Netflix currently. Is it? It must I have been so. because that's probably I how it I watched it. I watched it pretty recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe I'll look into it. All right. I got a lot going on, though. I'm a, I'm a busy guy living a jet-setting lifestyle, so like... All right, let's move on to Grant's comic. (laughs) (laughs) We have The Duplex by Glenn McCoy and Gary McCoy. Uh, First panel, we have a dog with a particularly large snout uh, holding a cup of coffee, coffee looking just kind of disinterested as a man is being pulled through the front door um, his hands scraping across the ground as he attempts to, I guess, stop himself. And the dog calls out, Have fun meeting your girlfriend's friends. You know at least one of them will notice your fingernails. <laughs> so I I chose this comic for this evening because we have a... We have an extra guest on the podcast, and I figured Mark's significant other always listens, so he might be tempted to, or significant other or ex-significant others, who knows, uh, he might be tempted to uh, censor himself more, but I figured our guest tonight might censor himself less. So I was wondering about uh meeting significant others friends and how that process goes and like developing friendships with them do you guys ever think that that is like a weird thing kind of what goes on with like developing friendships with your current significant other and like are those friendships real friendships or are they just like yeah we're friends because i'm dating your friend big question grant Classic long, long meandering string of questions slash statements that don't really lead to very ideal ways to answer it. You're really selling this for yourself. I am. Yes, yes, yes. I'm at least showing some level of self-awareness. I don't know. I mean, for me, it hasn't been like it was never a big deal. Although at this point, you know, we've been dating for long enough that you know it's not a lot of the uh, friends are like okay we've been dating at the time they met you know Mm -hmm. so it's like fairly natural Uh, yeah and you know when we met we were in high school so it's like you know i was kind of familiar with Mm -hmm. at least you know visually with people <laughs> <You know>. Visu- <laughs> familiar visually with I, people i recognize your visual form <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh my gosh that's so strange planets i mean that was kind of my initial reaction grant just thinking about my past relationships and mark's relationship i know that we both were in similar i guess not groups or or circles as the those that we've been in relationships with prior to like beginning to date and so i don't think problem or no i'm I'm having the same issue yeah i was as well 
This is a problem. <laughs> hey, Matthew, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Okay, you're cutting in and out real hard. I'm cutting in and out really hard. Yeah. Oh, no. Hardcore. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Go sit by your router. <laughs> Go sit. <laughs> uh, I can. Give me a second. I'll swap my internet sources. Kill your roommate so they stop streaming. My roommate isn't here, so. Oh, do, do, shoot. Do, 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 do. I don't know what else. Pull the fire alarm so everyone leaves and stops streaming things. <laughs> so uh, you guys always, Mark always says, oh, we'll uh, cut this later. And then uh, never. Does. it always ends up in the final product. Those are, those are only the things that you know that I didn't cut. I still cut things. Just <laughs> No, he doesn't. I'm so, I do. Grant, you, wouldn't know Grant, you, no, you don't listen, listen back. Has it. <laughs> it resolved itself or not? Um, I don't know. I think Keep- it's better. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna. I still haven't switched over yet. What's so gonna be hard there. about this is that like everything that you said is still recorded on your end. We just didn't really hear anything that you said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's all fine. So for I mean, we the could actual. just cut. We could just cut in some. Mm-hmm, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, and then just continue on <laughs> ignoring what yeah. you actually said. I could say it again if you want. Yeah, you that can would try. Be great. You can try. <laughs> Now I have to remember. That's the that's I'll try the to make it part. better this time. <laughs> try to make it. Hey, it was perfect last time. You just didn't hear it. Sky- Skype was Skype was uh, imparting judgment on what you had to say by cutting you out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I guess in from my perspective, thinking about my past relationships and also thinking about Mark, since I was present for at least a small portion of that. We kind of started dating people that we were in common circles or groups with. And so there was at least some like parallel people that all involved parties knew prior. But like, I feel like now that we're moving past that, and like, especially, I don't know, at least for me in college, like, I definitely had friends who started dating people who I wasn't in any sort of social circles with. And so it was, there was definitely a transition of like, oh, this is someone who I've never known before. And now like one of my close friends is dating them. I better like, or I guess I'm changing what my question is really about, but <laughs> like, I'm sure a similar thing happened for them as well mm-hmm. in terms of like, oh, I didn't know this person who is now one of the best friends of the person that I'm now dating. Like, Let's get to know this person and, like, develop some sort of a relationship with them as well. But, like, this relationship is also very predicated on the fact that I am dating one of this people person's best friends. And, like, thus, when that relationship ends, the the almost, like, secondary friendship there, I feel like in many situations ends. It doesn't necessarily totally always have to, but I was just kind of bringing up the topic because I thought that it was... I don't know. It like they're interesting relationships because they're so predicated on something that isn't necessarily a forever or a constant thing, you know? So, uh, tell me if this is wrong, but your impression of this is that it's very similar to work friends. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh sort of. It's predicated on a situation and if you are removed from that situation, yeah. More times than not, the friendship doesn't remain. Yeah. And you typically yes. would see them only under certain circumstances. 
Sure. We'll we'll go with that to make it easier for Mark's brain to wrap around. Yeah, that's right. No, that that just because that's the closest analogy of like things that I have experienced because like the, you know, Aaron's friends and my friends like, you know, we hang out in different groups and stuff, but I've never had a problem, you know, becoming friends with her friends and she hasn't had a problem becoming friends with my friends. And so mm-hmm. that's not really been a thing but with work friends i can you know see that more clearly because you know partially because i've had more jobs over the past several years than girlfriends so mm-hmm. you know i've experienced that like more Ooh, directly i'm mark i'm so cool i've had more jobs than girlfriends that's right i'm a job Maybe that's fu- bad i don't know i'm employed now so <laughs> that's good at least but yeah, that, that's the that's where I can draw the strongest parallel of, especially working at like a when I was a camp counselor, you know, you spend three very intense months very close with these people, and some of them remain friends afterward. And for me, there's like, um, are there any? I don't know, not really any that are like still active friends of mine, people who I could like talk to if I ran into them, but no one that I'm like keeping in contact with. I like that last statement, Mark. I think that applies very well across all of the types that we've uh, referenced. Yeah, as long as they're not like, as lo- you know, as long as the breakup uh, wasn't awful and the friends hate you. You know, if things if things are amicable, <laughs> then uh, the friendship with the significant other's friends can still be amicable as well. Do you, but do you really think like that it, often is i feel like often in those sorts of situations even if like the breakup or whatever workplace equivalent is like even if it's amicable i feel like often like they don't the relationships don't endure ever or at least in most circumstances i mean probably it's hard to tell um from my end you know one of the uh, um i guess red flags that i should have seen when I dated Dina was that I didn't really like any of her friends, <laughs> you know, like if you don't like who they associate with, uh, then it's hard to, um, you know, like you are friendly, but I wasn't trying to be their friend. Yeah. As opposed to Aaron, it's like, we've been dating for so long that like just over the course of time, you know, it's not like, you know, I'm not as much of friends with her friends as she is, of course. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would still think that if that if I were to, like, ask them, they'd be like, oh, yeah, like, Mark's my friend. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in that category. Okay. So. Okay. I... I Maybe like that just says more about, about me than you, though. No. I like what you said about the dating red flag, because that's something that, like... I also at one point in my life didn't notice and now mm-hmm. looking Grant back on it, I'm, flag, like, man. I'm like, wow, that should have been a huge red flag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Live and learn. So Maddie Matt brought Dilbert for this week, kind of basic. So I'll pull the classic <laughs> Mark trashing other people's comics move because it's not. I it's would not never. M- Oh, you would never? Okay, okay, Donnie T. 
You would never do that, even though there's recorded evidence of you doing wow, that. that. That's, that's a brutal false equivalency. <laughs> Is it, though? So we got Dilbert this week. Our Dilbert Classics from Matt um, by Scott Adams. So who is his boss? Do we know who's bosses or is he just boss? I assume this dude's his boss. Am I wrong? Yes, uh, he is the, the first boss. comic says pointy-haired boss. Okay. So we got Dilbert and we got pointy-haired boss. And pointy-haired boss is saying, we're having a department bowling night tomorrow. It's my reward. Uh, <laughs> it's my way of rewarding all of you <laughs> for your performance this quarter. Dilbert responds, we hate doing things together at night. And the boss looks at him and says, I wasn't happy with your performance. <laughs> Just like you weren't I got happy with chuckle. my performance reading it. That's great. I got Grant to trip up on a pretty easy comic and I got a chuckle out of Mark. That's right. You're, pretty you're... easy comic. I'll admit this is way more than pretty easy. <laughs> so so far you're two for two on comical start bingo there, Matt. <laughs> very good, very good. No, three for three. You also have something for me to decide to cut. <laughs> ah. Oh yeah. Do I, are there free spaces in uh, in this bingo? Uh, sure. All right, one more and we're golden. But you're actually going across the top row, so the free space doesn't count. Ah, dang, get wrecked. Well. <laughs> I brought <laughs> I brought Dilbert this week to talk about work. Haha. <laughs> Loser. Novel. Uh-huh. Like you guys don't do that every week. Um so I guess <laughs> Grant doesn't. In my <laughs> <laughs> He hates it. <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I'm moving on. Moving on. Uh just ask you about your company's i guess frequency of like extra events so maybe not bowling per se but do you have uh events that are with work relate with work people organized by your company to socialize out of work hours or at the end of work hours and then a second fold to that is do you think that that is important for or something that young workers like ourselves value in a company? Hmm. I'm going to jump to the second question. Okay, do that. I would say that I think that it's something that young workers probably value. I don't know. I think but you're that not it, one of them? <laughs> I mean, you as a young, you're qualified to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, it, it's something that I think in a workplace would be nice to have because I think that social relationships can also like benefit work relationships in a sense if people are intelligent and not idiots about how they develop those social relationships as well um like i think it can be both valuable like to the company and those work relationships but also like it's just nice to have cuz like you're spending a lot of time dealing and interacting with these people and so i think like if your relationship is purely predicated on work it's just like kind of boring like if you don't if you don't genuinely like and enjoy and have like ways to connect with the people that you work with i feel like it can just get boring and almost draining at times um but i feel like those those social relationships especially for young people within the workplace can definitely 
help boost like job satisfaction and how much they kind of just how excited they are to come to work in the morning and like do what they're supposed to be doing. I don't know. Thoughts? Yeah, I think sure. for me, the big thing is, so we don't have much that is like officially work organized. We have a lot of things that are sort of unofficially organized, but given the company's blessing, you know, like we use office space mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. and we have email lists and all that sort of stuff, but it's not like officially a company event or whatever. Gotcha. Um, so I, what I like about my company is that we have a social environment that like people are happy and willing to do all this stuff of their own accord. Um, and there's lots of different interests and different stuff that pops up. I don't personally do much with it. Uh, like sometimes I will, you know, every once in a while there'll be like maybe a happy hour on a Friday and I'll go to that. Um, like a month or two ago, there was a paintballing outing. Uh, like so, so there's stuff that like I I would participate in, slash do. Um, but I I more more than the fact that those things exist, I like that the social scene, um, is like strong enough for them to exist. Because that just yeah, makes like that makes sense. At at work, things are just much better. You know, there are lots of people that I get along with and talk to and in general it's like a positive environment and so it's more like the environment than the fact that those things actually exist if they were like weirdly company like officially set up it makes it way less cool (laughs) i guess you by you both took it in the social and relational direction what about from an employee appreciation Hmm. direction what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Meaning like your company says you're working hard. Here is a reward of some sort or like something fun for us to do. I mean, we have our holiday party each year and that's the main sort of um, reflection of that. Uh, we do like a few okay. smaller things throughout the year. But that, that's really the main one, um, is that holiday party. And the company typically does a very good job with handling it. Um, and so so that's been fun when I've gone. And uh, yeah, but there's, ne- there's, ne- there's never been anything like super spontaneous of like, oh, wow, you all are hitting it out of the park. Let's go get some ice cream or whatever. <laughs> so... <laughs> I guess I I kind of bring it up. Ours aren't spontaneous, but they're quite regular. Okay. Um, As in, we have a couple, like, company-wide happy hours per year Mm -hmm. where they, like, bring stuff in on site. Mm. Um, And then there's also, in the engineering department, uh, we have two, uh, like, homebrew competitions a year which is also company sponsored so uh the you know work supplies monies for food and just supplemental beverages as um on top of like this uh kind of event and Mm -hmm. then um they also encourage individual teams and groups to do um i guess team building and or happy hours on the company Mm mm-hmm 
in addition to all of that. And so just the, the amount of those, I was trying to count up how many it might be in a year. And it was like really surprising me that it was that frequent. But I also know that that's something that the employees really like about where I work. <laughs> you cut out again at the end. Well, kind of throughout. We were able to keep up until that last sentence, Matt. <laughs> until that last bit. I don't know. Yeah, whenever I start talking for a long period of time, it gets weird. <laughs> that's okay. Um. Yeah, I, yeah. I. So there are a couple. So talking about like happy hours and stuff. Some of the things that we have. Um, we do a monthly like small birthday thing. So it's just some afternoon each month is chosen for uh, some sort of birthday celebration, and each month it's like a different set of snacks or desserts that are available for the afternoon. Um, so that's one kind of regular thing. That's just a little like during work hours, do this little thing to just kind of get a little break. Um, so that that is, that is definitely nice that we have that. Like I, I definitely enjoy that. It's especially because I don't often eat lunch with everybody. It's a nice little time to just kind of sit down with everybody and just kind of talk about whatever. Would you, I guess my impression of, older people's impression of young people Mm -hmm. if you follow that Mm -hmm. is that we're not satisfied in our jobs and that you know we'll jump ship really easily Mm. and do you think this could combat that effectively Hmm. i i feel like whenever i hear about the different stunts that companies pull to draw people in it's for one of two reasons and it could be both One reason is they are working in an industry such as the high-level software industry um, where it's kind of been a, you know, a um, escalating battle between companies to, like, offer uh, a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, to the point where, especially in the Bay Area, it's like, yeah, we have catered lunch every single day. Like, oh, cool. But it's like... But hand in hand, often with that is like, also, this is a terrible place to work and we're expecting you to be here all the time. So that's why we have all this <laughs> stuff. So yeah. I, I think I think a lot of it depends on the industry. You know, that's fair. Um, mm-hmm. The industries that offer this stuff are the industries that sort of have high movement because that's just the way that things have sort of shaped out is that companies don't value like like. Young, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that young people are unhappy with their jobs necessarily. That might be true, but part of it is like the my understanding of the corporate environment is that it's also expected now. Like people are told, especially people who go to like a business school, are told that they should be jumping ship a lot in the first like mm. 10, 15 years of their career because that's how you get raises. Like you'd get more money by moving to a new company. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. that'll always outperform the raise that you will get from your current company and a lot of companies don't value like long-term employment uh like they used to for for better or worse so i think that's part of it is that like it's it's sort of like uh i don't know i see the same thing i remember when i would when i'd look at different companies and see just what crazy stuff they're throwing out it's like they're not saying anything substantial about the work that you're doing it's just all about these amenities. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing as like looking for apartments. 
nowadays with mm-hmm. like more luxury apartments where it's like yeah this thing is brand new and there's all this cool stuff but like we aren't going to tell you that the management's going to suck and nickel and dime you and who knows what else might be wrong <laughs> you know like uh, it's a lot of superficial stuff it feels like i feel like a lot of it relates to and i'm saying this from like a peer employee perspective of like it relates to a failure to fully understand what often I would say like younger employees value and kind of a failure to understand like the value of a company's employees. I -hmm. think it's like almost, I don't want to say from like a bean counter perspective, but of like often I think some companies think of their employees as like, Oh yeah, these are the like physical bodies that, get things done and they don't really value them more than the actual productivity that they produce. Um, and so like a, it comes down to a very like dollars and cents mindset of employees. And I think it's hard to, it's hard to fully account for the value that like having employees that stay around kind of the value they give a company um, and the value that experience gives a company. Um, and so, like, I think in some ways, social events and things can help a company retain employees for longer. Because I think those social relationships can help make someone feel more comfortable where they are and feel more of a sense of kind of community there. And I, th- I personally think that when people feel comfortable in a sense of community and like they have a sense of value, they're more likely to a stay at a place, but B be producing better work because at least for me personally, I find times when I'm like not like super stressed or feeling down about myself. I think that I work better and maybe that is biased because I'm just in a more positive mindset at those times. But like, when I'm feeling like crap about myself and the work that I'm doing, I don't think I produce that good of work. Like, mm-hmm. I think um, that's been shown in studies that, you know, the mental well-being of your employees translates to better output. Yeah. And so I think there's there's been somewhat of a shift or it maybe we're in a shift, I don't know, of like a lot of at some companies, a lot of people in charge of the companies are from a, I would say, different era in business where employees are viewed more as like, these are the people that get stuff done and they don't really care about all of the social minutia that goes on or like the how much an employee feels valued or whatever Um, because it wasn't like their experience when they were coming up through the ranks. But I feel like in general, it is valuable for companies to pay attention and thus, or something that it's valuable for them to pay attention to and thus like planning events, somewhat social events could be good for a company as long as it's like done in a way that is, I think, intelligently designed and not just like a stupid like, oh yeah, we're throwing this thing at you because like we expect you to work your butt off and like, so we're going to give you this consolation prize of crappy lunch every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it has to be earnest. Like this has to be like like that that's why I'm saying for 
my work. That's why I care so much more about the actual feeling of the whole situation than like this, like these events, however they are, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh, hypocritical isn't the right word, but it's just like, you know, giving you very mixed messages um, and showing that they don't understand an underlying situation if they're throwing like money at this thing and being like we have determined that you know to retain enough people we need to spend this amount of money on these events (laughs) you know and we'll still keep the same kind of garbage management style that we've always had or whatever you know like there's only Mm -hmm. like you can't completely buy your way out of that that's not a long-term solution or yeah exactly long-term success I guess. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's a a weird game, and I've kind of always been down on corporate culture in general. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm kind of particularly cynical about that whole Mm -hmm. situation. But, like, it can be done. It can be done well. It sounds like, Matt, your company does it well. Like, my company does it well. But it is done well because the people up top who are kind of making these decisions you know, they mean it. You can tell that there is uh, a purpose, like a, the actual purpose of like, we we care about you as people, not we care about mm-hmm. you as, uh, you know, money units. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You're so, not a re- you're not a resource. Yeah. Yeah. Or a raw material. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think like the genuine intention is really important because not everyone is super like observant to those sorts of things but i would say i think that the general employee can sniff out and can very clearly tell oh yeah this is like something genuine versus sure they're just throwing money at me to try to make me happy and they don't give a crap about how i'm actually feeling and so like if you if you if you don't actually care like throwing money at the problem as an employer isn't gonna fix anything but if you actually care and you have very little money to throw out the problem, you can still make a huge like, a f- or like make a huge impact there. Yeah, it's like a, it's like the corporate version of every Christmas movie. Oh God, <laughs> oh, I hate this now. <laughs> but yes. Uh, all right, uh. Matt, you may take my very difficult comic to read if you so wish. Your challenge if you I choose will, to accept it. I will choose to accept it. Challenge accepted. Right, Grant? Sure. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mark has brought Nick and Zuzu by Nick Galifianakis. We see a man, maybe Nick, uh, sitting with a woman laying across his lap, maybe Zuzu. Uh, She has her hand on his shoulder, and he is holding her in his arms, looking down, and he says, I'm obligated to you with all my heart. (laughs) Grant Grant just texted me. (laughs) (laughs) Did, Did you not hear any of that? No, I did. No, no. Grant just texted me something, I guess, related to this comic, but no, Grant. <laughs> okay, okay. I just wanted to double check. No. Uh, yeah, so I-, I just wanted to talk about, like, 
the idea of like obligation in general like under what conditions have you guys felt or or been like obligated to do something because i just i feel like that's a funny like strong word that i don't find myself using that often because there's things like oh i need to do this but that just feels different than saying like i'm obligated to do this Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't have I, much like specifics, but I feel like me when I say that I'm obligated to do something, I'm using it as a way of saying it's something that I need to do, but I definitely don't want to do. And thus I'm obligated to do it. But if there was any way for me to get out of it, I would take that. Because I feel like any commitment that I have, I would describe it differently. It's probably just or i know it is just like a matter of semantics but for me personally like obligated is not a it's not a word that i i used to describe things that i'm really excited about yeah that's fair yeah that makes sense (laughs) i think i feel that less now that i'm not in school so i would say i felt obligated to study or work on academics but I don't necessarily have that same feeling towards my work now. Or I guess Hmm. anything else for that matter. (laughs) Mostly because I have very little responsibility in my life, period. If someone's telling me that they're obligated to me with all of their heart, I'm going to be like, yeah, I feel like we shouldn't be in a relationship anymore. Like, I feel like this isn't healthy for the, that's either not of a, us. That's not a soft, sweet nothing that you want whispered in your ear? No, definitely not. <laughs> like, Grant, I'm obligated to you. <laughs> with all my heart. It just, like, it just feels, like, not genuine. Mm-hmm. It feels like, oh, yeah, I, like... My father promised you my hand in marriage, and thus I have to, like, sort of love you, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I just interpret the word obligated in an odd manner, but, like... What if it's positive and you say, I've made this commitment, and now I'm obligated to it? That still means that I'm doing that commitment, and I don't really want to do it anymore. (laughs) Yeah, that's why obligated is such a weird word. It's like... That was going to be my follow up question. That was going to be my follow up question of like, if you're in a relationship, like, are you obligated to do anything? You know, like that. Yeah. that it just feels like a strong word. Like, it's like, ooh, are you compelled by the fact that you're in this relationship to do something, or is it like, you know, is it not the relationship, but like you or something? To respond to that question, I would say, like, in many. In a very general sense, I think often in a relationship you are obligated to do something, but mm. that shouldn't be your justification for doing it. Like, ah, well put, Grant. Very well you, put. You should be doing it because you actually like care about this person, not because, oh yeah, we defined ourselves as being in a relationship, thus I'm obligated to, I don't know, not cheat on them or something. Like, mm-hmm. like there should mm-hmm. be better reasoning for why you're not for why you're choosing to not cheat on them than just like, oh yeah, we're dating, thus I'm obligated to do yeah, this. That's fair. That that reminds me of all the like all the dumb stuff that I read on Reddit. Um 
that'll be like, ooh, what's this? You know, someone has some story about some bad relationship. It'll be something like, oh, yeah, like I started dating this girl, but she said that we weren't official because there's some other guy that she wanted to hook up with. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like <laughs> someone who clearly views like the label as the thing that causes an obligation, not the not anything else about the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like being obligated to do things is a real quick path to really resenting having to do them. Hmm. Um, yeah. So you wouldn't like obligatory uh, social events at work? (laughs) Yeah, like, not if I'm... No, yes, correct. I don't think I would like obligatory social events at work. Um if I'm attending obligatory social events at work because I want to spend time with my coworkers because I genuinely enjoy like communicating with them and like interacting with them, then it's not a bad thing. But if I'm attending the, or these obligatory (laughs) words are hard, obligatory events because like they're obligatory, then yeah, that's poopy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't have to bleep that one mark i might you should <laughs> uh, that's a fair point what's actually the definition of it to compel did you already have that pulled up or did you just type it faster than i could i already had it pulled up i knew it also i could definitely type it faster than you could oh, yes <laughs> That's my ass. As we have established. <laughs> See, but then if you substitute that into the comic, I'm compelled to you with all my heart. Yeah. Would you say that that does or does not change the meaning? I mean, everything is always a little weird. Fair. Then you're getting into the semantics of language. Yeah, I I think the one difference is that like a magical spell could compel you to do something, but I'm not sure it would obligate you to do something. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I guess if you're using it in kind of more in an active sense. Yeah, if you could cast one spell, Grant, what would it be? Oh no, we can start next week with this. I got to think about this one. Nope, too late, Matt. You got an answer. <laughs> Is yeah, it bad we, that the first thing that popped into my head was the killing curse? Yes! <laughs> That's why I said I needed another week because I needed to think of something better than that. <laughs> Probably just because it's the most notorious spell in the Harry Potter universe. But Yeah. Do you want to know what the second one was that popped into my head? Hmm. It was whatever that Snape-like make blood come out of people curse was from the, yep. the Half-Blood Prince. Is it yep. something sem- septus semptra or something? I was gonna say sub. Uh, I was gonna say it, and then you tripped me up. Okay. Yeah, Sept- that was the second. That was the second one. Maybe that says something bad about us. Sepsis centra centrum. Eh, close. Are we destined? Are we? I don't know. We're not even gonna get into this. I don't want to think about that. Are Are we being compelled by our higher? selves to maybe we're high functioning psychopaths honestly a lot of people i don't know there's been some research that highly successful people are very often high functioning psychopaths so clearly thus we're not high functioning sociopaths sociopaths Sociopaths. yeah that's probably maybe yeah 
I think the the rate of psychopathy in CEOs and executives or is about four times the the general yeah. population. Yeah, that one. It's still not super prevalent, but it is higher than just your whole population. Yeah, yeah. but four times is almost like almost half of an order of magnitude. So like, yeah. So like that's significant. <laughs> Significant in ratio, not in magnitude. Whatever. Got him. Got him with that hot math. Hashtag hot math. That's right. <laughs> Get it oh, trending, that, folks. That should be our next our next hashtag for my Twitter account. Hashtag hot math. Is it our first ever hashtag? I don't think we've ever tweeted with a hashtag. No, we... Did you not when you attacked um Grant has given you many hashtags to post. Yeah. No, I just tweeted at them. Oh, we didn't hit them with a hashtag. I don't oh, know how to do the Twitters. <laughs> um, okay. I'm looking. I'm looking. I feel like this will probably get cut out, but 